Welcome, my friends, to Rural Radio, Sirius XM Channel 147 and Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I am Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from New Jersey, and this is the show where steel and soil meet. We get together every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern and then again on Sunday at 6 p.m. And please know that I am honored to spend the next half hour with you. I want to thank you for allowing me to do that. Before I get into this week's shout-outs, I invite you to also explore my website, farmmachinerydigest.com, and my Idle Chatter podcast, too. You could find the podcast at almost every hosting site, but also on my website. I am quite confident you will find value in both, or I hope that you do. Now I need to shout-out to Eric Henschel from Crozet, Virginia, where he direct markets eggs from his hens, raises feeder pigs, and believe it or not, figs, F-I-G-S, figs. I never knew they raised figs in Virginia. I also need to acknowledge his dad, Dieter Henschel, from Scottsville, Virginia, where the 81-year-young retired dairy farmer keeps busy raising hay. And last but not least, a big Cat Swamp Road welcome to Joseph Fravel from New Albany, Ohio. I want to thank these three gentlemen for allowing me to put some push pins in my listener's map. If you're interested in getting on the map, then all you have to do is email me at hotrodfarmer at farmmachinerydigest.com and let me know your name and where you listen from. It is that easy and will only take less than a minute. I want to thank you for considering doing that. Back when I had my engine shop, a customer had a gorgeous, gorgeous Chevy SS454 pickup truck. It was slightly modified. He had a change of springs in the rear and a set of drop spindles, just just, just very little drop in the front. And that gave her a perfect stand. She was gorgeous. It was a real looker and it ran pretty good too. That was until he did not tighten the wing nut from the air cleaner on the Holly throttle body unit and the big rat motor ate it and immediately kicked the rod through the block. Being the quintessential hot rodder, Mike took advantage of this mishap to build a better and to hot rod farmers that means more powerful engine for his daily driver. When you are building engines, you are similar to an agronomist, designing a fertility plan for a crop, the yield goal, and the cost per acre. Except the crop is horsepower, the macronutrients are the engine parts, and the micros being how much massaging or tricks, as the guys in New York City like to say, love into the engine. I was able to get a good deal on a brand new GM Performance Parts 502 short block that was a reverse rotation for a marine application. So I told Mike about it and said, let's marry that to a set of dark cast iron oval port heads that I would massage and then adjust the combustion chamber volume for 10 and a half to one compression. There was a nice flat tappet crane cam that I used to put in mild big block Chevys and I want to top it off with an Axel Super Ram intake manifold and a DFI controller. But we would also need to add a pair of hooker one and seven eight inch seven one and seven eighths inch primary tube headers and an art car ten inch lockup torque converter. Needless to say, Mike was all over this like earworms on late season sweet corn. The truck came out great, and on its maiden voyage run back home to the farm, I badly spanked some hot shot from New York in his new V12 BMW 850 CSI in a roll race on I-80 from about 65 miles an hour to a buck 30. 
he got gaptized by a farm truck with a boat engine in it. And if you are not familiar with that street race term, it des- describes a race that is not even close. There's a large gap, so gaptized. But I need to back up now, since the boat engine taught me a lesson about lip seals, the topic of today's show. So t- the take-home message here is, don't think your German wonder car can't be humiliated by a farm truck. There are more to lip seals than meets the eye, and agriculture runs on machinery, but profits on reliability. Sirius XM. The best collection of podcasts is just a tap away. Hear podcasts from Marvel, including the award-winning Wolverine, The Long Night. And exclusive podcasts, Marvel Method and Marvel's Declassified. Plus original podcasts from your favorite Sirius XM hosts, including Stormy Warren, Fantasy Sports' Lisa Ann, and Jeff Lewis. Listen to the podcast favorites you've been hearing about. Without ever having to leave the Sirius XM app. Free for most subscribers. Just download it today and tap podcasts. This Urban Ag Report is brought to you by FMOWheels.com, the digital CSA for urban communities supporting urban farmers everywhere. With population levels set to reach 9.7 billion by 2050, more mouths to feed calls for food production methods that are both eco-friendly and resource conscious. The world's wild fish stocks are decreasing and production of farmed fish has doubled in the last 15 years. By moving these farms onto land, commercial scale aquaponics operations could revolutionize food production. It's a closed loop system where fish and veggies are grown together using recirculated water, Aquaponic systems can be set up anywhere, enabling companies like Superior Fresh in Wisconsin to grow 200,000 pounds of salmon and 3 million pounds of salad greens using just six acres of land, all in a landlocked state in the dead of winter. This has been the Urban Ag Report on Rural Radio Sirius XM Channel 147. Follow us at urbanagreport.com. I'm Tyne Morgan, host of U.S. Farm Report. Join me each weekend as we explore the news and issues that matter the most to agriculture. We know this past year has been challenging in many ways, but as agriculture continues to adapt, we are right there with you. From markets to weather, each weekend we take a deep dive into what matters most. Join me each weekend for U.S. Farm Report, timely, trusted tradition. Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the Hot Rod Farmer. And on today's episode, we're going to be discussing uh, and understanding lip seals. You know, anywhere you look on the farm, you're going to find seals of different designs. And you must remember that the purpose of any seal is to keep a fluid or semi-fluid, like a grease is considered a semi-fluid, from leaking out. And equally as important from foreign material from entering. So the ability to isolate the component from external influences is just as important and possibly in some uses more so than keeping the fluid inside. So this needs to be understood since most of us only consider a seal failed when there are visible signs of leakage. What's out, what's inside is coming out, but we could have a seal that's having what's outside come in and that is not good. A seal, for instance, a seal employed in a vacuum pump, if weakened, will introduce dirt and decrease the pump's operation and its useful life without any visible signs of leakage, all right? 
Many vacuum planters fall prey to a degraded seal that will impact the unit's performance in the field since dust is so highly abrasive. You know, though commonly it's identified as a lip seal and we call it a lip seal, it also goes by the name rotary or shaft seal. So if you ever see a seal identified in a parts, an exploded view of parts as rotary seal or shaft seal, it's basically a lip seal. On an engine, you're going to find lip seals in use at the front and rear of the crankshaft on engines that have a one-piece rear main seal. You're going to find them in hydraulic pumps, such as for the power steering, in a water pump, and in many other areas around the farm. So you're going to find lip seals all over the place. On a vehicle or machine, any type of machine, lip seals are used on the wheel bearings, the drive axles, the transmission, even the air conditioner compressor, just to name a few. So when is a lip seal is used when there is a need to isolate two sides of a component, right, from the internal and external, and it's within a, what we would call in engineering a rotating member, something that turns. Up until around the 1930s, leather seals were employed. But since then, lip, lip seals have replaced that style. There's no more leather seals, thank God. They have lip seal, the modern lip seal, quasi-modern, right after 1930s. They have added reliability and improved protection from internal and external leakage. I'm going to drive that home because it's the external and, and the leaking internally is just as bad a problem. So the lip seal works by having an edge that rides on the rotating part while allowing a film of the fluid to reside between the lip and the shaft. So this is a confluence, like two rivers meeting. So the confluence of the fluid film and the sealing material, and the seal the lip seal is usually traditionally made out of some sort of rubber or a hybrid rubber such as PTFE. And so what this so what happens is the fluid and the searing sealing material, this confluence causes what is called a hydrodynamic action. So it's hydro like liquid and dynamic like movement. So the seal works on a hydrodynamic action. You know, in addition, a weak but effective pumping action takes place that further enhances the seal's ability. So the hydrodynamic action, that's the fluid and the sealing material work together, and then there's a very weak pumping action that takes place uh, that helps the seal to uh, not leak. So what we need to understand is that as a seal ages, not only does the lip that contacts the shaft wear, but the material that it is made from becomes less pliable, it could become brittle and it could add brittle from thermal excursions. And I use that term quite a bit in the show. And thermal excursion is a term that is used to explain or to identify a heating and cooling effect. So when you start an engine, it gets hot and then you shut it off, it gets cold overnight. So that's called a thermal excursion. So these thermal excursions make the seal become brittle and may also have a tendency. And a lot of people don't think about this but a tendency for the material, the sealing material to bow, to, to move away from the rotating member. So instead of fitting tightly on the rotating member, the thermal excursions cause it to bow and move away from it. Or, or, or it may be hard to see with your eye, but that will cause it to leak, leak like a sieve. I'm not laughing because it's no fun. But when, th when this occurs, the seal is going to become challenged and it can leak both ways. So now you may have a seal that's leaking externally or leaking internally. Internally meaning bringing what's outside in. So it's important to understand that. 
So now when, when it comes time to change a lip seal, it is so important that it is made from the proper material for the fluid that is going to be isolated along with the RPM of the shaft. The higher the speed, the greater the heat that is going to be generated at the contact point. So you have to understand that, that the material that the seal is made from, that the lip is made from, is designed for the fluid and the RPM of the shaft, okay? Also, many lip seals are directional in nature, and that is especially true with engines, but also in other applications. Now, let me get back to my story. That's what I found out with the with the 502 Marine engine, because the Marine engine is reverse rotation and if you remember i said it was reverse rotation marine issued short block so we changed the camshaft to turn it to standard rotation we put the engine in the truck put it all together it started up beautiful sounded great with that cam in it those headers and we looked underneath and sure enough within two minutes oil is leaking out from underneath the engine so what's going on here how could oil be leaking we just put this all together because what it was it was a rotational lip seal and that's when I learned that a lot of lip seals have rotation, a rotation arrow on the seal, you will have a small arrow on it to identify the rotation required for the lip to make contact on the shaft. So if it is, so what happens, the way the lift is, the lift, the lift, the lip is cut, it's going to recognize the rotation and pull in tighter to the shaft. If it's, if it's cut the other way, form the other way is probably better where it's going to move away from the shaft and it's going to leak. So that is what happened. So that is why that engine leaked. And a lot of people don't know that I took the seal out. I look at this is beautiful general motors, right? And I looked at it with a magnifying glass and there was a little arrow. So now keep in mind, that's very important for you on the farm because a lot of seals that you may buy your components, be it a vacuum pump, be it a fluid transfer pump, may be used in other applications and they spin the other way. So for instance, uh, you could have a vacuum pump and in your application it's spinning clockwise, but they could make that vacuum pump to spin counterclockwise using that, for example, or a fluid transfer pump. And you go buy a seal and you look at the same seal, but it's a directional rotation seal. So keep that in mind. You need to study the seal and look they will always put a mark on it and the mark was historically will be on the, the rubber material the ptfe and it'll be in a little arrow on there for the direction of rotation it's always going to be in the part of the seal that you could see not the seal part of the seal that goes into the piece of equipment all right so keep that in mind and like i said i'm repeating it farm equipment Oh, lots of times, a lot of seals and everything are generic. It could be used in a mining operation, it could be used in a marine operation, an industrial operation. So keep that in mind because you put this together and say, why is this thing leaking? Why doesn't this vacuum pump work? Or it has very low, very low uh, differential because the seal is leaking. So, so that is, that is, and it will leak almost immediately. If you put it in the wrong way, it's going to leak immediately. Another thing that you need to be aware of is that the cavity that the seal rides in that it, res so it rides and resides and sits in needs to be extremely clean, has to be surgically clean and free from any rust or corrosion. If the seal is even minutely cocked, because remember that little lip riding on the shaft, that little contact area is the only thing that's sealing it. Minutely cocked, it's not going to function, it's going to leak. So the shaft that also runs through the seal has to be clean and smooth 
and possess no axial groove. Sometimes you'll see a shaft will get grooves on them. It'll get on them on it. It'll get grooves on it. And that, and if there are any grooves, that has the ability to work like an auger, and it's going to pull the fluid right past the seal. So the shaft has to be polished. It has to be nice. No axial grooves. You, if you can't see them. Go with your fingernail and go to try to see if you catch it. It's always good to have tactile feel, to feel things. Not only look with your eyes, but to feel things. So it's very, very important. It's also important that when the seal is being pressed in or tapped into place, that it is not damaged. You could very easily damage it if you're a little bit of a gorilla with it and don't take your time. You know, there are many dedicated seal install tool, installation tools, and some of you may have it, and that is great. But you could also be a, uh, be a farmer and improvise and use a socket from a ratchet set. So if, you know, if common sense is employed and the seal and the socket can interface properly, that it truly is an acceptable procedure. But if you are careless or the fit is compromised, then the repair may be for naught. A lip seal installation kit with a variety of proper sizes may be a worthwhile investment if you do a lot of lip seals. They're not that expensive, but always lightly lubricate the cavity and the seal so it fits in easily and has doesn't have any friction going into, pla- in, into, pla- into place before, before you install. So always lubricate that cavity for that seal to go. And a little drop of oil goes a long way to a petroleum jelly, something that's not going to have a negative impact on the seal. But another common mistake that is made when servicing a new or putting in a new lip seal are not lubricating the shaft so that the lip does not run dry on the rotating member before it can pull a film of liquid. Because remember, there's that, that hydrodynamic action. So you always want to lubricate the shaft that the lip seal, whether it's a pump on a sprayer, whether it's a, a, a a rear main seal, the front timing cover seal, whether it's a seal, whether it's a uh, pump on a uh, on a transfer pump, what have you, you want to lubricate that. You do not want it to run dry. So right when when it starts to run dry immediately, so that uh, you'll be surprised in thirty seconds or forty seconds or a minute, depending upon the RPM, you could destroy that seal, and it's going to leak. And then also, you don't want to reuse these seals. Reusing even a fairly new lip seal is is a no-no all right they're meant to be one-time use f- seals and also don't buy cheap imported off-brand seals they may look the same they may look close but if they're made from the wrong material it is not going to seal and uh and keep in mind that the rpm is very very important so if you have something that's running at 540 rpm on a pto shift versus something that's running 2000 rpm or 3000 rpm on let's say like a um, a one cylinder engine that's running an irriga- uh, a transfer pump or what have you it's going to be a different material you may get lucky now and then but you don't want you don't want to do this twice so when it comes to lip seals if you follow these simple steps and invest in a proper name brand seal you'll be rewarded with a job well done and an effective an effective long lasting repair The Voice of Agriculture, Kansas Farm Bureau.
The August congressional recess is a chance for members of Congress to reconnect with their constituents. American Farm Bureau President Zippy Duvall says it's also the perfect time for farmers and ranchers to talk to their legislators about agriculture. Reach out to them, have a conversation with them, go to town hall meetings, call them, invite them to their farm and show them how the issues are affecting them and just tell their story. We do a great job at growing the food and fiber for this country, but sometimes we don't take enough time to tell our story. Duvall says some of the main issues farmers and ranchers should bring up to their elected officials include the need to expand rural broadband access and protect stepped-up bases. We need to make sure that they don't cripple our ability to pass our farms on to the next generation. Find out more at fb.org and listen again here for more from the Voice of Agriculture, Kansas Farm Bureau. This Iowa Minute is brought to you by the Iowa Farm Bureau. Do you have rough terrain or environmentally sensitive areas that might be tough to use chemicals to remove noxious weeds? Then send in these guys. Farmers Aaron Steele and Chad Steenhook started Goats on the Go four years ago to solve a growing environmental problem. We have a huge invasive species problem in Iowa, and the goats seek out those species. We'd rather not broadly spray chemicals over a large area, but if we send the goats through and can do some cutting, now we can very precisely apply herbicides. Prairie Rose Park Ranger Michelle Reinig is a big fan. They're just a win-win. They do the work. They work while the seasonal employees and the staff here at the park are getting other jobs done. People like to watch the goats work, and they work seven days a week, rain or shine. (laughs) Iowa farmers problem solving. It's what today's agriculture is all about. With your Iowa Minute, I'm Lori Johns. Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. If you have any questions on lip seals or anything else, please feel free to uh, send me an email at hotrodfarmer at farmmachinerydigest.com. And the simple take-home message here just to recap that, make sure the cavity is clean. Make sure the shaft that the seal rides on is clean and has clean, corrosion-free, no grooves in it. Lubricate the shaft before you put the seal in. Lubricate the cavity where the seal rides it so it could, where, where it resides in that rides and so it could go in nice and easily use the proper tool if you have it to install it if you want to use a socket use tactile feel to make sure that the seal is 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 firmly in place and is even and use name brand seals and they will last a long time it'll be an effective effective repair for you there's nothing more frustrating than doing something and specifically like with a vacuum pump where you come and say well you really say geez this thing isn't working well all right uh and you're not going to be able to see the vacuum escape from it so are you ready now for your toolbox test we didn't have one last week so we're going to bring in tex rubinowitz from ripsaw records come on in tex yeah right tex thank you so much okay you ready for the test this is the one you're supposed to have last week All right, you are thinking about investing in another self-propelled sprayer for the farm. You do not want to buy a new one since this unit will only be used for foliar feeding and fungicide applications. You had a bad experience a few years back when you seriously dinged up and killed some crop due to herbicide residue. You vowed to yourself to eventually get a dedicated sprayer for in-season crop care and nutrition. You found a beautiful unit a few towns away. 
The seller said that it worked well until recently when the pressure would not stay steady. He felt it needed a new pump and priced the sprayer accordingly. You agreed with his diagnosis and took the unit home. Upon removal and disassembly of the centrifugal style pump, you noticed the housing was pitted internally and the tip of some of the impeller fins broken off. Confident you found the issue, you bolt on a new pump and hit the field, only to see that the same pressure problem exists. Perplexed and frustrated, you ask around for some advice and this is what you receive. Farmer A says the new pump is defective and has the same problem as the one you replaced. Farmer B believes that the gauge is wrong and the old pump was fine. Farmer C says that the old pump ate some dirt from the tank and it must still be in the system. That is why the impeller is damaged and the volute pitted. And Farmer D is adamant that the original pump was damaged by cavitation and that is why the pressure is jumping around. So you think about that and then we're going to have our special delivery letter here. And this is from Russell Orr over in Gray Ridge, Missouri. So he says to me, I drive an F-250 with a 6.2 liter gas engine. During summer, we spend a lot of time driving from field to field, starting irrigation motors. We're fortunate that most of our fields are very close together. It usually takes 10 to 15 minutes to get a motor going. And I'd say on an average day, I would do this 10 times. What is the lesser of two evils? Idling the truck when starting the pumps or shutting it off and starting it back up each time? Well, I'm a big proponent of shutting the engine off, that there's no need to idle it. This happens to be a gasoline engine, but gasoline or diesel, there's no need to idle it. When you're idling an engine, you're building a lot of deposits. Deposits are forming on the piston crown and on the valves. You're wasting fuel and shutting it on and off 10 or 15 times a day, 20 times a day is no big deal. And if you think that, that I'm wrong with that, uh, the engine is going to be warm, the oil is warm, it's summertime, you're running an irrigation pump, there's no problem. Look at all of the modern engines, I shouldn't say most modern engines today use start-stop. So when you come to a traffic light in town or what have you, it shuts it off and they start many, many more times than that. So what I would do with your Ford pickup truck or any vehicle, it might be caveat that I would use if I have to idle it more than five minutes, I would shut it off and just restart it. You're not going to hurt the starter, you're not going to hurt anything, the oil is is going to pump up immediately to the engine you're going to be saving fuel and you're not going to be building deposits on the piston crowns and on the back side of the valve all right so that is what it what we uh what you should be doing and even a lot of diesel engines and trucks have timers right so that after a couple of minutes they shut off automatically a lot of delivery trucks have that all right so now we're going to get back to our question here and farmer d is correct there is an issue with the plumbing, either to the pump or from it to the boom that is causing cavitation erosion. The clue is the pitted volute, which is the housing on the pump and the broken tips on the impeller. Due to the restrictions, air bubbles are forming that destroyed the pump. If you do not find the problem, the new pump will be damaged in short order. So it's very, very important when you have, and I've said this before on the show specifically with pumps, but with anything else, that if you that forensically you need to take something apart and just don't assume that it failed. If you go out to the field and you start to have a crop start to turn yellow, start to turn purple, something is happening, right? That you're going, you're going to go in there and you're going to look and see what's going 
going on. So it's very important for you to do that, to understand forensically what caused that pump to go bad, because otherwise you can end up experiencing that same failure and you don't want to do that not only for the financial aspect of it but the time aspect of it and most things on the farm are very critical as far as time is concerned so i want to thank you so much for listening today and know that the hot rod farmer is pulling for you the american farmer and rancher and my beloved beloved america you have a blessed blessed day and stay well and uh we'll we'll, we'll catch you next time take care bye-bye Sirius XM's Rural Radio is your guide to the agricultural markets. I'm John Jenkinson. It's all about the rural lifestyle and the ag industry. It's not just farming. Your money. Hi, this is Christina Loren with the Market Day Report. Our coverage of news, weather, and the commodity markets targeted to rural America. Your information. I'm Darren Hefty. And I'm Brian Hefty. Darren and I host the Ag PhD Radio Show. Open up the farm and the challenges we face. You can learn how to do it for yourself. Rural Radio, Sirius XM 147, or listen on the Sirius XM app. We know you love rodeo as much as we do. And now, with the Cowboy Channel Plus app, there's a whole lot more to love. So whether you're listening to live rodeo action from across the country, browsing the archive to catch up on past events, or following along while you listen on the radio, we want to hear about it. Shoot an email to patrick at rfdtv.com to let Rural Media Group founder and president Patrick Gotch know how you are using the Cowboy Channel Plus. Don't have it yet? Sign up at cowboychannelplus.com today. Hi everybody, this is Marty Stewart. Join me as I travel coast to coast, city to city, exploring America through his sounds and stories on Marty Stewart's American Odyssey. Then stick around for the Marty Stewart Show, bringing the brightest stars and the best music straight into your home with the help of my fabulous superlatives. It all starts Sundays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, right here on Rural Radio. This is Sean Haney. Every weekday afternoon, we keep the discussion going on Rural Radio 147, beginning with AgriTalk with Chip Flory at 2 Eastern. Then at 3 Eastern, join Brian and Darren Hefty for Ag PhD Radio, followed by Shark Farmer Radio with Rob Sharkey at 4. Then it's time to get real and get connected with me on Real Ag Radio at 4.30 Eastern. It's a full afternoon of tips and tricks to boost yields and keep you informed starting at 2 p.m. Eastern, weekdays on Rural Radio 147 and the Sirius XM.